Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now here's Veterans Be Real. All right, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Veteran Be Real listeners. It's Sergeant Valentine, your podcast host. Here I am today, and I got a special guest today. I've been waiting to get this gentleman on for a while. We've had some hit and misses with some scheduling, and his schedule's busy, my schedule's busy. But today, we actually made it happen, and I'm excited to have Mr. Ron Suzuki on. He is a Navy veteran, all right? So just like my father, he decided to go play in the boats, uh, and I went in the Army because I like to keep my feet on the ground. But, hey, Ron's here today. He's going to tell us a little bit about his time in the Navy and then a little bit more about his great – he's got an event coming up here pretty soon, and it's going to be amazing. So, Ron, the floor is yours, my friend. Well, thank you, Nick. I really appreciate uh, what you're doing and everything with Operation Found Support. Um, I'm going to share my story and how it actually hits home for me, myself. Uh, but, yes, uh, Navy veteran, uh, aviation electronics technician. The, you know, I joined before 9-11, so I went through that whole process and everything. We focused on uh, OEF. Uh, for about a good 10 years. Uh, I worked my way, you know, E1, boot camp, all that such, and, and worked my way to the ranks, but real techie, real geek. I, I, I don't know if people, people can't see me on the, on the audio podcast, but I got some big glasses and everything. Uh, he is kind of geeky, uh, guys. He's a geek. <laughs> he's a geek guy that you love having as a friend because he's a video gamer, probably does all that cool, cool nerd stuff. He's like the nerd group, but that's all yeah. good. Love that, Exactly, man. Um, so, you know, everybody's got their own in the military. They got their own, uh, you know, specialties. I mean, I got, I was just talking to my buddy that was a Navy SEAL and his world was totally, his Navy experience was world different from mine. I was in a, I was in an air, con- air conditioned laboratory in the middle of the ship or on land base, right. you know, working on aircraft parts. There you know, you they didn't even, I wouldn't even be the guy that would pull out the aircraft. Some other guys would do it and then yeah, pass it along to this nerd guy, lab. Hey, fix this, Ron. We need you to fix yeah. this. <laughs> like, so right, we get, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We get, we would actually sometimes pull out our algebra books. You know, like some guys were going to college and they actually pull out the algebra books. We would be one of the weird guys that would actually pull it open. I was like, bro, we actually got to use this algebraic equation to figure this sucker out. You know, that type of thing. So I would have failed at that job then. Yeah. I, 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 I that job. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, uh, you know, and interesting enough, when I was in high school and school growing up, I wasn't really that talented. I know that whole Asian, you know, right. glasses, you know, nerd type of thing, but I wasn't as much math wasn't my strong suit, but it, because of the military, it had to become my strong suit. You know what I'm saying? So kind of forced um, down that road, right? Uh. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I feel blessed of, uh, uh, that I had the opportunity because I tell you, it was a very much, I mean, I talk about my Navy SEAL buddy. I, I look at what I did brain-wise as the, you know, what he did physically is what I did brain-wise right. because there was some challenges with radar systems, radio communications devices, data devices, old computers from the 60s and 70s. You know, we're talking about uh, stuff that was, that was actually designed for the, the Vietnam War 
that's still in operation, but they still, uh, you know, pump out maybe like 36,000 volts of electricity or something like that, you know? <laughs> so, Supercomputers from back in the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? I mean, you know that green glow you saw from the Matrix days and stuff yeah, like right. that and CRTs? <laughs> that's what I yeah. just looked at all day long was just yeah, that, that, awesome. the yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. but... um, During the work, yeah. day, oh my God, it's a, it's a green glow coming out of Ron's office. Get out of there! Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. No, but... <laughs> yeah, but it, you know what, I can say it served me well, because where I'm at right now, I mean, there's a huge iteration between when I left military and, and now, but you know, I worked my way up to uh, E6, Petty Officer First Class when I, when I left, yeah. um, you know, and uh, I, you know, my, the biggest uh, pinnacle of my career in the, in the Navy was what we call the leading Petty Officer at sea, I guess you could call it like maybe a staff sergeant in charge or something like that, um, yeah. where I had a 21 person unit. Um, guys, gals, actually one civilian that worked, not for me, don't get me wrong, he would never work for me, but he helped on the technical side. He worked in and, uh, <laughs> Say it again? I said he worked in your office, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. But I tell you, he was the brainiac that was like, when it was, was situations that we couldn't figure out, he was there to help us out. So, um, But we were talking about even in the middle of the Persian Gulf kind of environment where we're just, you know, that's our deployment and we're just working on aircraft. And, and, and don't get me wrong, our focus was, you know, we're thinking about you guys and gals on the ground, we want to provide that air cover. You know what I'm saying? Because I know the aircraft carrier provides all those aircraft in the sky, you know, be able to call in air support and uh, drop bombs on foreheads, that, that type of uh, stuff. So uh, we were we were very in tune. Very important behind the scenes, guys, that all yeah. of us on the ground pounders never knew about. But if without yeah. you, we would have yeah. never got that support from air or wherever. So yeah, you're yeah. Un- unfortunately, you're the unsung heroes of every military branch in the Army. It's those yeah. guys like you that are in the back in the office yeah. somewhere or on the ship. Yeah. We never yeah. even see, you don't even know you exist, but yet you yeah. saved our lives because you kept the communication stuff going. So yeah, yeah. that's absolutely. what I always absolutely. tell everybody. It doesn't matter what your job was in the military. Everybody yeah. had some kind of important detail to do. So that's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely, man. And um, so, you know, I, I was I was very focused on my career and, and on that path. And interesting, on my last deployment, uh, I ran across this other guy that, that had his office and he was working on behind his computer, his laptop. And there's this nice beautiful picture of this mom with a baby like it looked like something on a fairy tale right mm-hmm. and like a hey, bro is a middle of deployment right it's ain't, ain't no babies on the ship in the middle of deployment. like where'd you get those pictures man that's so cool yeah he was doing photoshop he was photoshopping these pictures he said oh man this is from before i, I came on deployment and um and uh i'm a photographer and i, I really love editing pictures to make it look like this Right. And I, I said, I said a sentence to him on the middle of that deployment that changed my life. <laughs> and right. I said, I've always wanted to be a photographer. Right. And, and I don't know, I was, ever since I said that sentence in the middle of deployment, I was like, man, I became addicted, I guess you could right. say. Yeah. Uh, this is about 2008-ish or so, you know. So um, I immersed myself in it when I was, when I was not doing my job, I'd run out there and take pictures of a piece of metal, you know, and take pictures of unclassified stuff, you know, <laughs> take pictures of the stuff around the ship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, take pictures of sunsets, you know, we had the best sunsets in the world, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and, uh, I, I, we, uh, stopped in London on the way back from deployment and he took me out on this photography, you know, walk, I guess, through London. And I created an entire portfolio that started my business. Got back from deployment, ran out, got a whole bunch of photography equipment, turned my dining room in, um, at home into a, into a, like a photography studio and just started taking pictures of families, babies and nice, seniors man. and all kinds that, of crazy yeah, stuff. Well, you can take a picture of 
<laughs> so um, that was my first business, uh, even to the point where uh, where I was stationed, I got a little office and um, it was interesting because the ship had to go into the yards and I would actually remember this, these times, like I was so addicted to photography. I'd be in my uniform in a shipyard. I'd run because the car is like three miles away or something like that. Yeah. I'd run to the car, be all sweaty, you know, <laughs> jump in the car, drive half an hour to my studio, hurry up, meet with a bride, change my clothes. I couldn't shower. So I just changed all my clothes, you know, and meet with a bride and try to hope, stay far away from her to not seem so sweaty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and try to pitch to her, uh, you know, hire me as your photographer for your wedding, you know? So um, that was my first foray. I think it's it's like I, I never was uh, great at gambling or anything. I never won anything. But when I hit the photography game, I mean, I started to just make money from day one. And and you understand, too, this is like right after the economic downturn of 2008, 2009. So I started my business right in the middle of a, of a you know, economic depression. So if, if somebody, some of the listeners are listening, you're wondering, hey, man, should I start a business, you know, active duty or not in the middle of a crisis? I'd say actually that's the best time to do it because when 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 the economy starts to expand up again, your business will start to expand with it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious about that. So that, you know, it's never think about that whole timing of it should be now or later or whatever, the, how the economy is doing. Just just do it now. Just just right. do it now. That's the best time to do it. Get after um, it. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And then, um, so, you know, um, I, in a weird kind of way, deployment never really ended for me because I ran out of deployment and started a business and I've been an entrepreneur ever since then. <laughs> so um, I don't know, threw myself at it, but I did fail like, amazingly fail like bad because I was so enamored by my photography career. I was getting jobs left and right. I was like, man, I'm going to be a photographer. I actually uh, did not retire. I, I, I got out of the military honorable, uh, discharge everything, just, you know, let my contract in, went out there to be a full-time photographer. And then all of a sudden people stopped hiring. <laughs> so yeah and i'm like okay what's going on here i don't know if it was a saturation everybody you know everybody in rama started to become a photographer or it was the area or whatever was going on but i actually think i you know take responsibility for yourself it's your business so my my lesson learned because i ever remember that a bride drove three hours to meet with me for photography and didn't buy and i pitched her and everything so and that was during the time i'm talking about where everything started to fall apart and i actually lost my studio lost my photography business and so I figured out that I never actually sat down and learned sales. You know, I never learned a sales discipline or I was a tech guy. Come on. You know, I had trouble talking to women, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Nerd guys don't talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I had to, I had to figure out and sit there and, and understand the, the sales game. I actually, you know, I was already out of the military. So like, heck it, no pension, no nothing. So I went ahead and learned uh, insurance sales. And um, you were worlds apart from photography, but I went in there with the discipline. I treated it like a university in a sense, like a sales university. And so I learned this complete skill, just like anything else, like, you know, how to fix a radar system or how to sweep floors or whatever it is in the military, right? Um, I treated like that entire discipline. I immersed myself in it, taught myself it. And it took a while. You know, I was, you know, like nobody was returning the calls for insurance or nothing. Over a period of time, I started to really get into the whole talk to people, understand business and find out what the value proposition is. I think that's the biggest piece. Yeah. And I, I mean by value proposition is, it's not about you, what you have, your product, your service or nothing. It's about what the heck they wanted. That and they- I think that's what I, I missed. Yeah. It was, it was, I was so concerned about how Kuma photography is and look at my pictures. 
that it wasn't about seriously, bros. She doesn't care. Yeah. What do you need for your pictures to look like? What do yeah. you? Want yeah. Them? How do you want them to come out? How do you want them? To, yeah. What is the end result for your photographs? How do you want? Yeah. yeah. You have to learn a whole other concept. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so once I started to figure that out, with a totally different world, insurance, and I was like, okay, man, I kind of I started to nail it. You know, I was like, I was starting to nail like contracts left and right and everything. I'm like, wait a second. Okay, I'm getting, and that's when I quit that on purpose because I told him I'm just here for university. You know, I'm just here to learn sales. Yeah. And uh, and don't get me wrong, my monetization wasn't where it was. So I went back to corporate America for four years, um, doing a very similar job I did in the military, which is uh, circuit board uh, control manager or something. Is they gave me a weird name. It's hard to repeat, but um, basically it was circuit board manager um, at a at a production facility for um, uh, data center power units. So I don't want to get too technical, but the internet lives on these big data centers. They're like the size of like you know the horizontal skyscrapers. Right. And, um, and, uh, they need have po- unique power needs and everything. And I was working with a company, I was working with the biggest names in, in the Silicon Valley in, in, in that regard. And I treated those four years as a study in operations management. I really did. In addition to using some of my GI bill and, and going to school a little bit. So what ended up happening is I learned sales on one's front. I had a photography business and then I started to, I actually went to every department, every manager in that building. And in between my time, like even on lunch breaks, I would sit there with my notebook and learn at a rudimentary level, what every person did in accounting, legal, you know, like shipping, logistics, you know, operations control, human resources and everything. Mm -hmm. And people like, like everybody in the company knew me because I was just a sponge for knowledge. I even got to sit with the CEO, the, the, the CEO of the company for about five sessions and study what the heck he did. So don't ever think that you're, you know, like I was a first line manager, like what the heck is that guy doing talking to the CEO? But I was doing that and he knew it too. He knew what I was doing. I was there to learn. I'm just, I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn. So if you find yourself in a situation where, yeah, I know you might be busy at your nine to five or the nine to five you have after the military, um, don't be bold. You know, you, the, the dude is a CEO, girl, whoever it is, a CEO, just like you, if you can schedule time and say, Hey, I'm here to learn. They're enamored by that, you know, and even the department heads, whatever they might be. And then the time was right. 2018. Uh, I left that nine to five. I saved up some money and I actually took it further into just photography. I started my own media company called white box media company. Um, and that is uh, not just photography, but I up-leveled my game to videography, which is a totally different skill set. Well, not totally different. It's an it's a, it's extremism of <laughs> photography, right? Yeah. It's uh, moving pictures and audio. And, of course, lighting and special effects and whatever else might need to come to that. So my purpose was to help small businesses because I, I have a heart for small businesses. And, I, and the goal of that was to provide commercial videography services and digital marketing. You know, that whole Google management, Facebook management and, and ad buying and everything too, to basically take their enterprise from where they are to, to a totally different level where they can expand and everything. Right. Um, and we were able to do that for a few companies. Sometimes they would just, you know, get websites and videos from me and, and they were happy with that. Some companies, I mean, I was working with an international company. They just wanted a series of educational videos that was just meant for their investors. I'm like, cool, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, we got an actress together and she spoke to the camera and we had set up a whole bunch of special effects and educational tidbits and everything. And that's what we did. Um, and another side, uh, another veteran got a hold of me and we did their entire enterprise level. And we took them from low six figures up to seven figures in 10 months. Now, don't get me wrong. They were prepared. They were incredibly primed 
I don't want people to understand that you hire, you know, myself or somebody like me and your stuff will happen in 10 months. Yeah. He, he was ready The dude and his wife and his enterprise was ready for somebody like us to come along and boom, it was ready to go. You know, we just had to elevate what they already had and expand it up into a totally, totally, totally different regime where it was six people working on his business instead of just him and his wife, right. you know? So, um, so that's where, that's where that came along. A lot of successes with that. But interesting enough, I got a lot of attention because right before I, I left my nine to five job, this is weird that a guy did this. I was still at my nine to five job. I set up this conference in 2017 called GritCon, uh, G-R-I-T, you know, like grit, perseverance, you know, stamina yeah. and everything, uh, GritCon. And I brought together these, these speakers, mostly veteran, because it, it was supposed to be a veteran conference. But along the way, I started to get a hold of these great speakers and educators and and authors and everything that were non-veterans. So I decided to make it a, a mix of both veteran and non-veteran, but very heavy on the veteran side. Uh, entrepreneur conference with actual like visual, we covered a lot of visual branding, um, marketing, and uh, some real estate and some personal finance information on the first conference in 2017. Now there's been a, you know, a little bit of small events that I did between 18 and 19. Of course, 20 was a, was a wash. So in looking out in the environment, and seeing what entrepreneurs needed coming out of this, what, what we had a troublesome year. I, let's just put it at a troublesome year for a lot of businesses. Um, I decided to bring back um, GritCon. We call it GritCon 2021 versus 2017. So GritCon 2021, which is April 24th and 25th, a Saturday, Sunday. Yep. And it's live streaming on uh, a platform that I, I literally came up with in 83 days called Innovator Stream. <laughs> so I, I hate, you know, I, I don't want to lose the audience here. It might be hard to track. So Ron started off um, his business in, in, in 2008 with photography. Um, along the line, in 2017, while he was still at his 9-to-5 job, he came up with a conference brand called GritCon. Right behind that, because there was a lot of funding, it was very beneficial for me. A lot of uh, investors came in for my new enterprise. Um, and they helped me start White Box Media Company, which is a digital marketing and uh, video, video creation agency. Um, through that, that was my first expansive business. So I went from a guy with a camera, <laughs> right. Taking pictures of babies and brides and stuff like that. One person to having a agency enterprise of about six people, um, having a little bit of this conference brand. And here in 2021, uh, I noticed the world was changing when it came to advertising and media and everything. So I decided to create my own Netflix, I guess you could say, uh, with live streaming. So I decided to implant um, GritCon into one of the first uh, events that we have for my streaming channel called Innovator Stream. So it's, I know it can be hard to follow along, but basically if, you, if I condense it down for your audience, it's a, I'm a media entrepreneur is really what you think about it. And I, I love to help veterans. I love to help small businesses. At the core of it is, is my, my mission, my purpose. Help small businesses, help veterans or help uh, entrepreneurs in general get to the next level of business so yeah. that's why i'm enamored to be on your show yeah well i'm enamored too because see i have other businesses i have combat boxes i have a whole bunch of other yeah. businesses and i'm mm -hmm. thinking now man I, you know because i'm i'm not like a nerd like you but i'm a nerd in the sense of i love technology i love and i was actually i'll be honest with you like i tell people this all the time covid might have been the best yes medically it was not great for everything but the way it changed businesses to make us more adept to do zoom meetings instead of being face to face yeah. or doing yeah. better marketing online so we can get people to drive to our website stores or whatever because we had to push it harder now because there's no physical people out going about 
it opened my mind to a whole bunch of ways that we can, in, you know, because all you have to do, because like, you know, TikTok's huge right now and all that stuff where videos, those little short video clips, those two to three minute video clips are so valuable to businesses if they're done right. And they got somebody like you and a company that helps build those the right way yeah. where it can flow the traffic the way it needs to flow instead of just kind of just being out there and just being kind of yeah. bland, right? Yeah. So I'm excited because I'll probably link up to you later to talk about Combat Box because we're getting ready to yeah. relaunch our website, do all this stuff, and we're trying to do push it to get more subscriptions. And get, so yeah. there might be some things me and you can talk about. But let's tell the audience. Let's let's get back to GritCon. Yeah. Give us the, is there a website to go to? Is there a location they can go to find out about getting on and listening to that and hearing about what you're doing? Or is there a cost? Let's, yeah. let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll use a simplified website. Uh, we have, um, it's gritconevents.com. Gritconevents.com, G-R-I-T-C-O-N events.com. Um, and you can search uh, Gritcon. Uh, I, I've been killing that SEO for a long while for since 2017. Yeah. So I've beat out, I've actually beat out Gritcon, which is a German company, and <laughs> beat out some other Gritcons and I'm like, I'm number one. So we have a podcast called Grit. No, that will be free. That's just free for everybody just because I have some good sponsors. Right. Gritcon Expandcast uh, is, is, you know, people keep on mixing up a Gritcon uh, basically, the GritCon podcast is called GritCon Expandcast, and you can look it up on your favorite, you know, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever it is. Uh, we're on that platform too. But the uh, GritCon itself, it's a big event. That's what's built around is, is to have an annual event, um, even though it's the second one. Um, and that is uh, as low as uh, $45 for individuals to to purchase the, the general admission live stream, and they'll get the recording for free, you know, included with that. Um, VIP live stream. They got some Q and A with the speakers because there is a chat that's opened up during the live stream. Um, they get a workbook. Uh, they get access to GritCon, the, the first one, GritCon 2017, and um, some other bennies and goodies that we throw at them. So that's a uh, ninety-five dollars. And then um, for only a limited crowd here in Richmond, Virginia, I only got six tickets left for in person because we're trying, you know, the social distance right. concerns yeah. and everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I was able to nail a, a tiny concert venue, which is pretty cool. It's 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 amazing. It's perfect for my setup um so that's about 250 but of course to get lunch you know you get to handshake with the speakers it's half and half yeah. half of the speakers are in person half of the speakers by zoom uh, around the globe right. so pretty cool yeah. so yeah everybody out there listening so check that out it'll be in the show notes after the show so you can scroll down you're gonna find the website to so check it out i'm gonna probably attend that just because i want to support ron and what he's doing but i also want to learn because i'm like him i've always want to learn stuff so it makes me smarter makes me a better business person better father better husband, all that stuff comes with it because when you get smarter, your life gets easier. That's just the way life is. That's why that's why nerds have like easy lives most of the time. But um, yeah, <laughs> so uh, it was great having you on, Ron. I want to say yeah, man. man, and I'm, I'm hoping that GritCon kills it and you guys crush yeah. it and you have plenty of people there. So if yeah. you're out there listening, go check it out, look into yeah. it, see what you can do about helping support Ron, a fellow veteran, uh, and we can actually support each other. So Ron, thank you for being on the show, my friend. I appreciate your time and good luck with GritCon and Ann your business man i'm excited about it. i'll definitely reach out to you about that we'll talk later absolutely man thank you so much all right buddy you have a good one you too well that's a wrap everyone hope you all got something out of this podcast today please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com support us because we got your back till next time everyone i'm out of here oh, say